0: It is so important in this world that we all do our part, and frankly, more shock-prone world means we need each other.
1: Welcome to Meet the Leader, the podcast where top leaders share how they're tackling the world's toughest challenges. Today, we talk to Kristalina Georgieva, the Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund. She'll help us make sense of what's ahead for the global economy in the near term and what leaders should pay attention to now. Subscribe to Meet the Leader on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review us. I'm Linda Lucina from the World Economic Forum, and
0: this is Meet the Leader. Richer countries doing much better than poor countries. Uh, This divergence matters not only to the people impacted, it matters to all of us because it undermines global security. What's
1: next for the economy is always a big topic of debate, especially at our annual meeting in Davos. 2024 brings with it a special cocktail of challenges, from economic headwinds to geopolitical strife, to both the excitement and looming uncertainty of just how AI is going to transform businesses and jobs. It is a rocky combination. In fact, half of the economists surveyed in our chief economist's outlook this year anticipate that the global economy is going to weaken. For more context, however, we go to Kristalina Gergeva. She is the Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund, or the IMF, and I had the chance to catch up with her in the Congress Center in Davos, the nerve center of the meeting. And She shared with me her take on what could unfold, and critically, what leaders should be paying attention to, She also took me through the findings of the IMF's new report named Gen I, Artificial Intelligence and the Future of Work. She shared how technologies will impact the labor market and how we can better tap its potential. We will get into all of that, but first we'll get her take on the health of the global economy and what leaders should be considering in 2024.
0: 2024 is going to be a year when monetary policy has to finish its job. And fiscal policy has to start delivering buffers for shocks to come in the future. In other words, difficult year. But we expect growth at around 3%. And we also expect that the economy would be well poised for soft lending. Uh, What... I would stress at the start of the year is what we learned from 2020 onwards is think of the unthinkable, expect the unexpected. So we have to really watch carefully uh, how the world evolves and recognize uh, that this is a year where half of the population is going to go to the polls. Very difficult to then have fiscal authorities tightening so they can have the resources, uh, uh, the the countries, their people need for the future.
1: So the IMF has said that the global inflation rate is projected to be at 5.8% in 2024. What sort of challenges could this bring either economically or politically? And what should people be keeping in mind to navigate that?
0: The rate is going uh, down uh, on average. And what we now have is very diverse uh, range uh, in some countries, the job is already done. Uh, inflation is uh, low enough for them to have an accommodative uh, monetary policy. Brazil is one example. Uh, in Asia, many countries do not have an inflation problem and Japan did not, or China, they did not have an inflation program uh, to begin with. In fact, in China, there is a bit of worry about disinflation, although we don't think that uh, is necessarily uh, a high priority uh, concern. When we look at the um, advanced economies, good news on the economic front translates into bad news on the fight against inflation because we see in the United States, for example, very tight labor market and wages are no, now going above inflation. What does it mean? People have more money to spend when they spend more that puts pressure on prices upwards. Uh, so last mile, very, very, very tricky. Central banks should not tighten prematurely because then they may lose the uh, victory that is now in their hands. But if they're too slow, then they throw cold water on the economy. Uh, So that average number, 5.8, it is so many different numbers in so many different places. What does it mean for central bankers? Don't rely on looking at what others are doing because you should focus on the data in your country, do what is right for you.
1: The IMF has released a special report on AI in the future of work. And in it, there's some pretty startling statistics, including the fact that 60% of jobs in advanced economies could be impacted by AI. That brings risks and opportunities. What are the risks that we should keep in mind?
0: When we look at the um, risks, there are three that I want to highlight. The first one is We are not prepared in so many places. It is already upon us. And yet we don't even understand the impact it is going to have on labor markets, neither what we need to do to prepare. Two, inequality. When we look at the impact on jobs, some jobs would actually become more productive and they will be remunerated better. Capital is going to see higher return, but many jobs would evaporate or they would be so low paid jobs that they actually make life of people harder. If we don't have policies to help people adapt to this new world, if we don't have social protection in place, and especially social safety ropes, retraining programs, uh, then inequality that is already high in the world would get even higher. The third uh, risk is information, impact on information, disinformation is already top of mind concern here in Davos. And uh, unchecked artificial intelligence can make this problem much, much worse.
1: And to give us the other part of that balance, can you talk a little bit about the opportunities that strike you?
0: Number one is increasing productivity. Uh, We see sluggish growth year after year after year. 3% last year, 3% this year, 3% the year after. That is not enough. If you compare historically before the pandemic, annual average of the decade uh, ending 2019 was 3.8%. If we capture the benefits of what could be a new industrial revolution and it translates into a boost of productivity, that would be such a welcoming news uh, for the world. Second, Uh, It is going to make uh, uh, jobs of many humans better and the quality is going to go up. We already see it in medicine, we see it in education, uh, and that is a tremendous uh, advantage. And third, if we handle properly the distributional impact, we actually can see everybody doing better in a world of artificial intelligence. In other words, a richer, more prosperous world.
1: Your report mentions that AI will impact economies in a lot of different ways. What is your advice for leaders who are taking these insights forward?
0: I'll pay attention to the data. We have ranked 125 countries on their level of preparedness based on four criteria. First, digital infrastructure. Second, human capital and labor markets. Third, innovation and how it translates into business opportunities. Fourth, regulation and ethics. And when you look at the accordion of countries at the top, very well-prepared Singapore, then the United States, Denmark, Germany, at the bottom, all low level in income countries. Low-income countries are dramatically worse off. One can say jobs there would be less impacted. Uh, We expect some 26% of jobs to be impacted. Why? Because they don't have that many cognitive jobs. But that also means uh, possibly an opportunity uh, lost. And uh, when I talk about inequality, I must stress it is not just within countries, it is also inequality across countries. Since the pandemic, we have seen a dangerous divergence, richer countries doing much better than poor countries. Uh, This divergence matters not only to the people impacted, it matters to all of us because it undermines global security.
1: With all of these risks and opportunities, what keeps you up at night?
0: The unthinkable. Uh, when, I, when I reflect on the last couple of years, nobody expected a pandemic to put the world economy to uh, stop and nobody expected uh, Russia to invade Ukraine. Nobody expected that long history of very low inflation, very low interest rates would be abruptly interrupted. What I want is a world that is better prepared And that preparedness actually goes straight in our alley. Uh, We want countries to have sound macroeconomic and financial policies buffers. So when a shock comes, they can withstand it. And we also want a world where institutions like mine, the IMF, we are a force for good. We are a source of stability. I am very proud. Our membership increased our financial capacity significantly 50% increase in quarters, massive increase in our lending capacity for low-income countries and for climate uh, um, countries that that are on the front line of climate change. It is so important in this world that we all do our part. And frankly, more shock-prone world means we need each other. Strength in unity.
1: And of course, I have to ask, what gives you hope?
0: I'm gonna cite uh, somebody who I admire, John Maynard Keynes. Uh, 1930, Keynes wrote an essay called Economic Possibilities for our Grandchildren. And there he predicted that in 100 years, the world economy would massively expand and technological transformation would make lives of people better. And we have seen this happening. Keynes also said, in this year, remember, this is in the, in the depth of the uh, depression. He said there are two types of pessimists that we need to counter. Reactionary pessimists. They think that it is so precarious. Don't touch. Keep it as it is. And revolutionary pessimists. Oh, it's so bad. We have to destroy what we have. We see these forces around us today. And what gives me hope is that Keynes was right 100 years ago. I am a die-hard optimist. I think we will see the world uh, using technology and collaboration, despite all the tensions, despite the fragmentations, to bring a better future for our grandchildren.
1: That was Kristalina Girgeva. Thanks so much to her, and thanks so much to you for listening. A transcript of this episode and my colleagues' episodes of Radio Davos are available at wef.ch slash podcasts. This episode of Meet the Leader was presented and produced by me with Taz Kelleher as editor and Gareth Nolan driving studio production. That's it for now. I'm Linda Lucina with the World Economic Forum. Have a great day.